Thank God for the word. Hallelujah. I'm excited about the word this morning. How about you? Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 145. Psalm chapter 145. And how many people have joined us, have been joining us for first things first, whether it's been here, whether it's been at home or wherever it might be, just slip your hand up. You've been joining us for first things first. Amen. Encourage you. Don't, you don't just get it, get it, get on in, you know, get involved with first things first. Well, we're continuing to be here every morning from 633 to 733. We're going through the gospels and um, you can go and register online for that. You can get updates. There's videos every, every day that have been, been sent out. And, and uh, I, I look forward to every morning hearing different, one, different ones that are, uh, that are in different positions within our church. Giving a nugget. And, it's a, and can you give them a hand for those that have even saw those videos or on YouTube and everything. But, uh, but uh, I'm expecting great things. How about you? Amen. You know, the word says, seek first the kingdom of God and what all these things shall be added unto us. Meaning there's increase on the other side of what we're pursuing and what we're seeking. Right? There's, there, there, there's, there's something greater on the other side of where you are. There's something more that God has for you in your life than where you've been. I'm so grateful for what God has done in my life since I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Uh, since that happened in January 23rd of, of 1993. I'm so grateful where, where God has brought my life, but even more importantly, I'm so gr- much, I'm so grateful and thankful for where he's taking me. Never be satisfied in your walk with Christ. Never be satisfied with where you're going. Never be satisfied and be, and, and never come to a place where you're just, okay, I, I'm just satisfied with what I know about God. I'm just satisfied with, with, with what, I've, what I've heard about the word. I, no, don't, never get satisfied. Never get satisfied. I, I believe one of the biggest enemies of the church is, is the thing we call complacency. It's this attitude of, of you know, I'm, I'm okay. I, I, I've, I've seen enough and, I, and I, you know, God's done some good things and I'm okay with what I've seen. I, that's, not, that's not where I am with my faith. Don't be satisfied with what, what God has done in your life up to this point. There's always something more. I remember Dr. Savell tells a great illustration, and it's in his message called The Law of Progression. And, and it's a message he does about faith, and, and, he, and he talks about the canoe story. And have you ever heard the canoe story? Well, I'll tell you a little bit about the canoe story. If you haven't, if you haven't uh, heard about the canoe story or heard Dr. Savell's message on this, I encourage you, go look up online The Law of Progression. And, and what it means is, is God is always moving forward, that God is always going forward. God never stays in the same place. He's a God that never changes, but at the same time, he never stands still. He's always moving. He's always working. He's always doing something to complete and establish his will in the earth. And so then the canoe story is talking about how, how the, the person is going upstream. You know, it's hard to row upstream. You know, it's easy to just go downstream. It's just easy to go with the current of, of everything. And so, so a lot of times in our walk with God, we can, we can be, we can be going upstream and we're excited about going upstream because this is a new, this is a new life. This is something great. Something God, God has done something great in my life. I'm born again and I'm excited about going upstream. 
But you know what? After a period of time, you're going upstream and, 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 and you can get tired after a while going upstream. And all of a sudden you see, you see everyone else or you see old friends that you had and you see, you see different situations and different things and, and they're just going by you downstream and they're sitting back with their hands folded back, their feet up and it's like, oh man, it, man, it's like, it's like, it's like, what are you doing, Justin? What are you, what are you doing? I, I, I'm going upstream. I'm going upstream. I'm going upstream. And, and they're like, man, just, just sit back and just kick, kick, kick your feet up. And there's never, and what it comes is, is if we ever stop rowing, if you ever stop rowing, what happens is you will go backwards. And it's the same thing as in our walk with God. We're never come to a place where we're satisfied. We always have to continue to pursue all that God has for us in our lives. Amen. Amen. Well, that's not what I'm preaching about today, but, um, hallelujah. 2022. It's a year of the open hand of God. We will see supernatural, extraordinary, and unusual provision. In the word that Dr. Seville gave us, he said, said that in the midst of chaos and disorder, that we will see the hand of God. That in the midst of the chaos and disorder, it says as the church, we have to come to a place where we're not shaken by it. We're not shaken by chaos. We're not shaken by disorder. We're not shaken by all that's happening and all that's going on around us. And it says, as we do, we will see the open hand of God. And we will see unusual, extraordinary, and supernatural provision. Are you expecting that? Well, this word was, came out of Psalms 145. So go ahead, let's turn there. <clears throat> Psalms 145. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Verse 13. This is the scripture that Dr. Seville gave us when he started this word. It says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all those of his own who are falling, and he raises up all those who are bowed down. The eyes of all wait for you, Looking, watching, and expecting. Can you say that with me? Looking, watching, and expecting. You know, I've been talking about the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about waiting on the Lord. And this waiting isn't sitting back and doing nothing. This waiting is looking, it's expecting, and it's watching. And what happens to those that are looking, watching, and expecting? It says, you give them their food in due season. And you open your hand and you satisfy every living thing with favor. Wow. Hallelujah. So those that are waiting upon the Lord, looking, watching, and expecting, it says that he will open his hand and satisfy every living thing with favor. Wow. Every living thing with favor. So in this year of God's open hand, as we begin this year... What I'm depositing our hearts is, is not just sitting back and just saying, okay, whatever will be, will be. No, it's I'm expecting. Pastor Diane, I'm expecting the hand of God to move on my behalf. Pastor Phil, I'm expecting, I'm looking, and I'm watching for God to make up the difference in my situation. I'm expecting the hand of God to his open hand to satisfy me with favor. 
I believe that that favor is going to open doors for me this year. I believe that favor is going to provide opportunities for me this year. I believe the favor of God is going to go before me and surround about me as like a shield, according to Psalms chapter 5. But are you, are you just sitting back and saying, well, I hope God shows up this year. Oh, Lord knows I need God to show up this year. No, I'm, I'm expecting God to show up. I'm expecting his word to become a reality in my life. I'm expecting, I'm looking, and I'm watching. Every day, every day I'm looking and watching for God's hand to, to show up in some way. You know, I, even during service last week, there was uh, someone had come up to me after service. And this, this person, they had battled um, cancer in their mouth a number of years ago. And uh, they were, they had, they had come and during the worship service last week, they, 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 they had experienced this thing since they had had that cancer that all of a sudden this thing in their tongue, all of a sudden it would be aggravated. And it was about a three month period of time where there was no relief and just constant pain for about three months. And this would, this would happen every once in a while. But during worship last week, she said, all of a sudden she goes, I'm trying to bite my tongue to try to get it to hurt. I'm trying to, I'm trying to forcibly hurt myself, but no, no matter what I did, no matter what happened, there was no pain there. And she was just rejoiced. No one prayed for her. Nothing happened. It was just, it was just the hand of God came upon her and touched her at that moment, dressed her in worship and healed her. And she's healed to this day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Looking, watching, and expecting. Are you, are you expecting a miracle in your life? What, what, has, what, what has the enemy told you would never be in your life? Then what you need to be doing is saying, hey, I've got God's word on it, and I'm looking. And the enemy might have said this, but you know what? I'm looking, watching, and expecting for his word to come to pass in my life. I'm looking for his word to come to pass in my life as it pertains to my children, as it pertains to my business, as it pertains to my finances, as it pertains to this church, whatever it is, I'm looking, expecting and watching. Hallelujah. Release your expectancy. Have an expectancy for something more than what you've ever experienced in your life. Thank you, Father. Expectant, expectant expectant. If you're expectant, it changes your attitude. If you have an expectancy on the inside of you, it produces a joy on the inside of you. You know, we, uh, you know, uh, our daughter, Andy, um, you know, her daughter, they, they, they went to Disney and you know, in March last year, you know, so we're going to go to Disney in October. Well, I mean, they had a countdown for months and months and months. And, 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 and Adeline, Addie, she, she's like, she's like every day, every day she's expecting that she's going to Disney World. Every day is one day closer. Yeah, on her phone, she's got a countdown. And she's expecting, and, 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 and more and more as you get closer to that time, as you get closer to it, there's more and more an excitement. There's more and more excitement and so much excitement that, that the day before you go, the day before you go, you can't sleep. Because there's such an expectancy that, that I'm going, I'm going to where I want to go. I'm, I'm stepping into what, what I know God has for me. And, and the thing is, is the, the church too often is just sitting back waiting for things to happen instead of expectancy and saying, I know it's going to happen. I know that that miracle is going to happen in my life. Yes. 
I know I'm going to experience the increase and the promotion that God has promised me. But most of the time, the church is just sitting back and just saying, well, well, God, just give me a little bit of a sign. And then then I'll shout. Just give me a little bit. Just God, it just if you just do this part. And then, then, you know, I'll, I'll shout about it. No, that's not how faith people operate. The thing is, is if you have an expectancy and you know that, you know, that, you know, that, you know. Now, now think about this. If if all of a sudden that I told you or Trey told you tomorrow, he's going to give you a thousand dollars. Or Heather will give you a thousand. <laughs> then, I mean, then, then there's going to be some sort of expectancy. There's just this out on the edge of, I can't wait till tomorrow. I, I, I can't wait till tomorrow. I can't wait till tomorrow. You know, cause, cause you know that your bills are $999 and, and you need that thousand dollars. And, and so, but, but the thing is, is the church a lot of times is just sleeping. But yet, yeah, we're expecting. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting. I'm expecting. And if it doesn't happen tomorrow, I'm still expecting. I'm still expecting. I'm here as your pastor to encourage your expectancy. This morning, as I was preparing, I just this question rose up in my heart and. And, and this is what I want to, I want to deal with their time together. I don't see, we'll see how far we get in this today. But the question is, who is ready for a promotion? Who is ready for a spiritual promotion? See, a lot of times natural promotions come on the, come on the heels of spiritual promotions. See, things, see, God wants to do something in you first. You know, what is, what is the, John's prayer in, in, uh, in Third John? I wish above all things <clears throat> that you would prosper, right? I wish above all things. All scripture is God-breathed, right? So even though John's writing this, he's writing this on behalf of, by, by the Holy Spirit. And he says, I wish above all things that you would prosper, and be in health, even as what? Your soul prospers. I wish above all things. God wishes above all things that you would prosper. It's God's will for you to prosper. It's God's will for you to succeed. It's God's will for you to experience more. It's God's will for you to have the best marriage. It's God's will for you to have the best business, the best ministry, the best, to, to be the, the best that, that you can be. I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health and be in health. He wants you to be in health. What? Even as your soul prospers. What is your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. So, so most of the time we need to prosper in here. And when we prosper in here, then we'll start prospering out here. Who's ready for a promotion? Now, now, now think about the very word Promotion. Pro meaning, pro meaning before or forward, and motion means movement. So just the two, very basic of the two words is to move forward. Amen. 
Promotion means advancement. Not only this is a year where we see the open hand of God, but this is a year of in a season of momentum. And as I told you, you know, you know, someone gave me a watch for Christmas and, and, and the brand is called momentum. So every time I look at my watch, what time is it? It's time for momentum. It's time for momentum. It's it's time for momentum. It's time for acceleration. Who's ready for a promotion? Who's ready to move forward? Who's ready to advance? Amen. Let, let's advance in, in, in 2022. Let this be a year where we advance and we step into something greater. Let this be a year where we go higher. Promotion is about moving higher. Moving higher. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Where shall, uh, let's go to first. Uh, let's, mm. For the sake of time, let's go to First Chronicles. I was going to go back and review a little bit, but we'll... First Chronicles 29. Now, David wrote in Psalms 145, he told us about those that are waiting, looking for and expecting. It said that he opens his hand and he satisfies every living thing with favor. The open hand of God, his hand. See, you have to establish, we have to establish in our hearts that we always require Him in our lives. Jesus always required the Father. He required the Father. You know, you say, well, well, Jesus did all that He did because He was Jesus. No, He did all that He did because He was submitted to the Father. He said this, he said, apart from the Father, I can't do anything. I mean, apart from the Father's assistance, I can't complete anything. Meaning, I'm going to require the Father to aid me in everything I do. Jesus was dependent upon the hand of God on his life. Let's look at this in verse 10 of 1 Chronicles 29. Thinking about the hand of God. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Thine, yours. This is something that we need to establish in our hearts is tomorrow morning when you wake up, where does your strength come? When you encounter something that you don't know how to get beyond it, where is the wisdom going to come from? When, when you're in a world where there's chaos all around you, where are you going to be established this is something that we, we have to be convinced of in our thinking. We have to be established in this, in this thought process. 
This is what David says, thine, O Lord, is the greatness. See, David had a, a revelation of who his father was. He had a revelation of the nature of God and the character of God. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Wow. He didn't leave anything out, out of there. Yours is the greatness. Yours is the power. Yours is the victory. Yours is the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you're exalted as head above all. Wow. You're exalted as head above all. You're exalted head above all. There's, there's nothing greater than him. There's nothing more than him. And he says, verse 12, he says, both riches and honor come from you. And you reign over all. You reign. You reign over all. Man. This, this is David's faith. This is David's faith praying over the people after they brought an offering. And this is his prayer over them. And he's saying both riches and honor come of thee. And you reign over all. Now listen to this. And in your hand is power and might. And in your hand is to make great and to give strength unto all. And this was David's faith. He's saying, it's in your hand, God. You make great. And it's in your hand, you give strength. See, it's in his hand. It's in his hand that he makes us great. His hand making you great, Trey. His hand. God required, Jesus required the hand of God. The hand represents assistance. It represents provision. It represents the one that opened doors. It's the one that brings in. Oh, Father, I join my faith with Trey and Heather. We call in the airplane that they need, Father. We call in the airplane that they need to fulfill the ministry, Father, that's on their lives. To reach the world, to reach the world, to reach, reach different spheres of influence. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your hand. Thank you for your hand making them great. Thank you for your hand making them great. Hallelujah. Thank you for promotion. Thank you for promotion. Thank you for promotion. See, it's his hand that makes you great. Making great sounds like promotion to me. His hand making you great. His hand making you more than what you could be on, in your own ability. His hand making you great. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Just, just put your hands out like this. You know, we all have different things that God's called us to. Just pray this after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your hand. It's your hand that makes me great. It's your hand that strengthens me. It's your hand that perfects that which concerns me. Just give him praise for that. Thank you for your hand. Your hand. Your hand. 
your hand. Your hand. Man, don't you think that, that God has the ability to get you where you need to be? Do you believe that God can get you to the place for those divine appointments? Thank you for your hand, Lord. This, is, this was David's heart. He had a revelation of God's hand. Jesus had a revelation of God's hand. Who's ready for a promotion? Let's go to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. In in Joshua chapter 3, the Lord was wanting to bring promotion to the children of Israel. They had been walking in the wilderness for 40 years, going around the same mountain. And we know according to writings that that 11-day journey took them 40 years. And so here, they're in a time and a season where it's time for promotion. It's time to go to the next level. It's time for advancement. So here, God comes to Joshua and is saying, Joshua, if you want to go into the next season, if you want to go into everything that I have for you, then you're going to have to put yourself in a different position than you've ever been before. And you're going to have to put your people in a position that they've never been before. So this morning, I'm going to put us in a position. Now, this has to do with first things first. This has to do with prayer. This has to do with putting the word first place. And this has to do with, with, with putting ourselves in a position to, to see the hand of God work and move in our lives. So who's ready for a promotion? Three of you are. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Verse 3 of Joshua 3, it says, Commanding the people when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God. Actually, let's look at verse 1. Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to the Jordan, he and all the Israelites, and they lodged there before passing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp, commanding the people, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, being born by the Levitical priests, set out from where you are and follow it. The ark. Now, what does the ark represent? The Ark of the Covenant. What does it represent? We knew, know what was in the Ark of the Covenant. We know the Ten Commandments were in there. So it represents the Word of God. And we know it also was a place that housed the glory of God. So it, it's, a, it's, it's the presence of God. So they're telling the Levitical priests, it's saying, it's saying, set out from where you are and follow it. He goes, yet a space must be kept between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure, Don't come near it that you may be able to see the ark and know the way you must go. For you have not passed this way before. Now get a picture of this. This is the ark and this is something they've been following. And it represents the word of God and it represents the presence of God. And they're telling the children of Israel, they're saying, hey, make sure you keep about 2000 cubits 
between it and you. Because keep your eye on it because it's going to direct you. Keep your eyes on it because it's going to cause promotion. Keep your eyes on it. Why? Because you haven't been this way before. So so often we want something greater and we want promotion, but our eyes aren't on the right things. And here he's telling them that you've been in this wilderness for 40 years is because you've been following your emotions. You've been following what Egypt had. You've been following your own way of doing things. You've been following everything else. But now he's saying in this next season, in this new season, in the season of promotion, in the season of acceleration, that you need to keep your eyes on me because you have not been this way before. And I want to speak prophetically to you this morning that God is going to take the church into place it hasn't been before, but we have to keep our eyes on him. God wants to take you in places of influence and he wants to take you in places that you've never been before, but we have to keep our eyes on him. You haven't been this way before. Well, what does it look like, pastor? I don't know. We haven't been there before. Well, what does a church service look like in this new season? I don't know. We haven't been there that way before. What does worship look like in this new season? I don't know. We haven't been that way before. Well, what do my finances look like in this? I don't know. We haven't been this way before. Well, what does my ministry look like? I don't know. We haven't been this way before. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, if I, if I try to come up with, come up w- with it, then what happens is I limit it. If I tra- try to put parameters on my future, then I limit God. If I try to describe to you what, what, what it is, then what happens is we limit it. You haven't been this way before. All I know, all, all, all they know, it's a promised land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. They sent spies over there and, and they were like, yes, it's just like God said it, said it was and said it is. I don't know everything about the new season. I don't know everything about what you're stepping into. But what I do know that we need to keep our eyes on him. That's why first things first are so important. That's why the word of God is so important. That's why the presence of God is so important. Because we haven't been this way before. Verse 5 says, And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify sanctify yourselves. That is, separate yourself for a special holy purpose. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourself. See, it's not, it's not what someone else does that determines your future. It's what are you doing? It, we, we, we're not to put blame on everyone else on why things aren't happening or why things aren't changing or why. No, no. He goes, sanctify yourself. This is a personal thing that we need to, we need to do in our lives. It's me setting myself apart for all that God has for my life. It's me putting myself in a position. It's me sanctifying myself. It 
It's not the pastor sanctifying you. It's not your spouse sanctifying you or your mama sanctifying you. It's you sanctifying you. It's saying, you know, God, you have a call upon my life. You have a purpose for me. I know you've talked to me. I know you spoke to me. Even as a young child, I saw things down on the inside of me. And and Lord, I'm ready to step into those things. But what must first happen is we have to set ourselves apart saying, God, I I choose to put you before anything else. I, I choose to put the things of this world behind me. I choose to put I put choose to put my old perceptions behind me. I'm going to separate myself into this purpose that you have called me. And when he says you do that, he says, you have to do this today because you're going to see signs and wonders tomorrow. See, it's what we do right now that determines the, the power of God that we will see in our lives. It's setting ourselves apart for the supernatural, the unusual and the extraordinary. Are you ready for promotion? See, promotion, it comes about on who are you following? This is not just a spiritual principle. But this is, who are you following? Who are you friends with? I remember Edwin Lewis Cole said, as long as you keep hanging out with the old friends, you'll just be hanging. I had to get, I had to let go of all the friends I had. Now, when I got born again in January 23rd of 1993, I had had friends that for, I mean, I had had all, my whole life. I played sports with, went to school with, did everything with. They were people that I was in close friendship with. But I remember one week after I, I had that experience, I got healed. I got born again. I went back and quit the liquor store. And I remember hearing plain as day, The Holy Spirit spoke to me and he says, where I want to take you, they can't help you get there. Where I'm taking you, they can't help you get there. So I had to leave everything behind. All my relationships. Moved to another town where I knew one other person. That was my sister. And then there's times where, where you come up to a point where, where all of a sudden you're in a, in a, in a season, in a, in a, in a season shift. And, and I remember I was working, I, I was working in sales and marketing and I had a great job making great money. And, but I knew down on the inside of me, it was, it was this thing on the inside of me where, where this is not, this is not all that God has for me. And that voice came again saying, saying where I want to take you, they can't take you there. They've helped you up to this point. But where I'm taking you, they can't get you there. So promotion, a lot of times, comes from the standpoint that we refuse to be like anyone else. And we refuse to stay where we are. Now, that's not getting up for change sake. That's not saying, well, I'm just going to move to this town because of this or that. No, I knew it was something. It was spiritually directed. It was spiritually God. Why? Because my eyes had to be on him. Sometimes when you make those decisions, you don't know what promotion looks like. For me, promotion at that time went from having a two-story home on two acres of land to sharing a bedroom with another guy. So sometimes promotion may not look like we went to Bible school together. Okay. Just so you know, (laughs) got to clarify everything nowadays, you know, 
I mean, went from eating Ruth Chris to eating ramen noodle. I mean, you know, that sometimes you, you, there's, there's, there's seasons where things shift and, and, and you don't know why it's shifting. You know, all, all you know is I, I know this is God. 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 It may not be comfortable and it may not be pleasant. It may be, it may cause you to wake up earlier. It, it may, it may cause you to stay later. It may call you to do things that you did, don't really want to do in the natural. When, all of a, when, did, when did all of a sudden, you know, um, living by faith be a, somehow, I don't, it's almost like if I have no problems, then that means I'm living by faith. It's almost like, okay, well, things must be going good because maybe they're not. Sometimes it's, it's being uncomfortable. Most of the time, living by faith will be uncomfortable. Wanting promotion when no one else wants promotion is, is not comfortable and it's not easy. Who's ready for promotion? Who's ready for promotion? Who's promotion? I, promotion. That's what I'm, I'm looking at. I'm looking at our, our first things first, that, that, that it's starting a fire on the inside of this church family and this church body is something that God is working and moving. You could even sense it in the expectancy doing worship this morning. There's something where God is working and move, working on something in this place. Hallelujah. Who's ready for promotion? Who's ready for promotion? Man, the children of Israel were stepping out of the wilderness and into a promised land, but it was require them to keep their eyes on the word of God and the presence of God. It was going to require them to sanctify themselves. Joshua said to the priests, take up the ark of the covenant and pass over before the people. And they took it up and went on before the people. And now shall command the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you are come to the brink of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand still in Jordan. Now, Jordan represents throughout Scripture. Jordan, anytime you see Jordan, Jordan is always a place of change. It was a place of change. They were standing in the Jordan... And they were standing, meaning things are about to change. I believe we're standing in the Jordan. The church is right on the verge and stepping into its greatest days it's ever had. The Jordan is a place of change. It was a place where, where Jesus was baptized by John. And at that time, that's, I believe, spiritually, that's when the high priest shifted. To where Jesus became the rightful high priest. It's a place of change. Anytime you see the Jordan, it's a place of change. So here, they're going over to the other side into the promised land. But in order to get to where you've never been before, it's going to require change. Change how you operate your finances. Change on how you treat people. Change on how you love. Change in your patience. Change. 
You start talking about patience and love and all that. Just, just give me promotion, Lord. I just want promotion. I don't want to have to change me. I mean, it's like, yes, we want the hand of God. We want the presence of God, but don't make me be nice. Don't make me walk in love. I don't like people. I, I, I want miracles, but I don't want to love. No, Jesus was moved with compassion. That's why miracles flowed through his ministry and his life, because he was moved with compassion. It was the love of God that flowed through him that caused him to change the world around him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Place of change. And Joshua said to the children of Israel, come here and hear the word of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, hereby we shall know that the living God is among you. And that he, without fail, drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Lots of sites. You will know that the living God is among you and he will, without fail... Without fail, drive out your enemy. See, why? Don't keep your eyes on, on the world. Don't keep your eyes on the news. Get your eyes off everything. I'm telling you, I won't get too much on that. I, I'm telling you, vaccination, unvaccination, this test, that test. Doesn't fix Satan. Now you say, well, you anti this? No, I'm not taking that position. You get with Jesus. The bottom line is the world doesn't know what's going on. The media does not know what's going on. So what we have to focus on is without fail... My God will have my back. It doesn't matter what enemy you might. It doesn't matter if it's the enemy called cancer or the enemy called sickness or the enemy called poverty or the enemy called lack or the enemy called whatever you might want to label it. The bottom line is that my God is a living God and he is with me and without fail, he will drive out my enemy. Thank you, Valinda. Who's ready for promotion? Behold the ark of the covenant. This is verse 11. Behold the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes over before you into Jordan. Now therefore take you 12 men out of the tribes of Israel and out of the tribes of men. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, the Lord of all the earth. He's not just the Lord of the church. He's the Lord of all the earth. See, the, the, the world wants to just keep him to the church. Well, just stay in, just stay in there and we're good. Okay. Just stay in their church and we're good. But no, he's the Lord of all the earth. He's the Lord of all the earth. Hallelujah. And it should come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest that bear the ark, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan. 
that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. And it came to pass when the people were removed from their tents to pass over Jordan and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And as they that bore the ark were come into the Jordan and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water for Jordan overflowed all his banks all the time of the harvest. Wow. There was overflow. There was overflow. That the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city of Adam and beside Zaratan and those that came down towards the sea of the plain. Even the salt sea failed and were cut off and the people passed over right against Jericho and the priests that bore the ark of the covenant that stood firm on the ground in the midst of the Jordan and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until the, all the people were passed over the Jordan. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. They passed over. They passed over. Now, thank you, Lord. For the sake of time, let's go to verse. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For the sake of time, let me explain this. When they went over the other side, they took 12 of the tribes... And they all took a stone. They took a stone and they put it at the brink of the water. And they stacked these stones up. It was an altar. It was a place of remembrance. It was a place where they could always go back and remember that God had brought them into promotion. It was something they could always go back and they could tell their children. Then no matter who would journey in that land, if they came to that pillar, they'd say, well, what does that represent? Oh, that represents when God got us into the promised land. Thank you, Father. Let's go. Let's... Verse 21. And he spoke unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then you shall let the children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. Verse 24. That all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord. So it wasn't just these stones was for them to remember. But it said that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Hold your Just go up to verse 14. When they went to the other side, this is what it says. On that day, the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel. And they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. That's promotion. Magnified. That's to come make bigger. That's to make greater. Joshua experienced promotion on this day. 
And it goes down here and says that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord. And it says what's the hand of the Lord is that it's mighty that you might fear the Lord your God forever. The hand of the Lord is mighty. You see, when you keep your eyes on the right things. Second Corinthians three, verse 18 says it this way. And it said, as they beheld the glory of God, as they kept their eyes on the glory of God, Joseph, it said, they were transfigured from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. As they kept their eyes, as they kept their eyes on Jesus, as they beheld the glory of the Lord, it said they were transfigured, meaning something about their lives changed as they were looking at the right thing, as they were looking at the glory of God. And I I want to encourage as we look at the word of God, as we look at the presence of God, as we press into him, we will see promotion. He will take us from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. The hand of the Lord. I believe is upon the church and is going to cause the church to be supernatural, unusual and extraordinary and see unusual provision. Let me close with a couple more thoughts. Go to Luke chapter 23. We'll we'll have to get into my notes maybe next time because I haven't got there. So. Luke chapter 23. And you can also turn to Psalms 31. Thank you, Father. Psalms 31. Thank you, Lord. Luke 23 and Psalms 31. Jesus relied on the hand of God, the hand of God and focusing on God, resting in God is our key to promotion. So who's ready for promotion? And when I, the Holy Spirit spoke this scripture to me uh, yesterday, Annette and I were traveling home and I was like, first I was kind of like, what do you mean, Lord? What do you, how does this, how does this really connect with the hand of God. And because it was it was a scripture that was kind of like, think because as a teacher, my heart's like, you know, kind of like you hear something, you can kind of connect scriptures together. And at first I was just like, but what would this have to do kind of with that aspect? And, and so, so let's read this in Luke chapter 23. And I'll just read verse 46. This is Jesus speaking. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, Into thy hand, I commend my spirit. And having said this, thus, he gave up the ghost. Now you talk about promotion. (laughs) He goes, into your hand, I commend my spirit. I think, what was Jesus' thought process? You know, that's what I, I look at scripture. And I'm like, okay, 
what was Jesus, his, his thinking at that time into your hand, I commit my spirit. Now we understand he's saying, okay, I surrender. He's saying, I, I give my life over to, I yield my life to, I, I, I bring myself under the mission. I, I, I bring, bring my, my, my life, everything that I am. He's saying, he's saying, I bring myself under your hand. I commend your hand. I commend myself to your hand. But what I realized, and when I got looking at this, Jesus wasn't saying something that had never been said before. He was quoting Psalms 31. What does Psalms 31 say? Verse 1. He says, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thy ear to me. Deliver me speedily. So, so we, we, all we know is what's pinned is what Jesus said. Into your hands I, I commend my spirit. But Jesus was having a revelation of what Psalms 31 was saying. What was Jesus ultimately in his thinking and his faith? And he was saying, I'm releasing my will to your will, God. I'm, I'm placing my life in your hands, God. What? Because he had a revelation of what all of Psalms 31 was saying, not just verse 5. So he had a revelation. In thee do I put my trust. See, trusting in the hand of God or, or commending yourself to the hand of God is putting your trust in God. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. Wow. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily or quickly. Be thou my strong rock for a house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me. For thou art my strength. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. So his ability, Jesus' ability to say, I commit my spirit was also saying, the one I commit my spirit to is the same one that's going to raise me up. The same one that I surrender to is the same one that's going to deliver me. The same one that's going to redeem me. The one, yes, I commit my spirit as he committed his spirit. He's saying, God, I trust that you have the ability to raise me up. I trust that your hand has the ability to fulfill the purpose that you have had for me and why I came here to begin with. Into your hand, I commit my spirit. I believe this is something that you and I have to declare. Father, into your hand, we commit our lives. Because when you make that declaration, then you set yourself all, for all set yourself up all for all of Psalms 31 verse five into thine hand. I commit my spirit and it says you have redeemed me. O Lord God of truth. Thank you, father. Thank you, Lord. Verse 10 says, for my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because mine iniquity and my bones are consumed. I was reproached among all mine enemies, but especially among my neighbors. And fear to my acquaintances, they, they, they that did see me without fled from me. I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. 
For I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side while they took counsel together against me. They devised to take away my life. But I trusted in you, O Lord. And I said, thou art my God. Verse 15. My times are in your hands. So what was Jesus saying? I commend my spirit to you. What is he saying? My times are in your hands. See, this is key to promotion. Saying my times. Yeah, the enemy's doing this. The enemy's doing that. But Lord, unto you, I trust you. My times are in your hands. My times. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemy and from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Verse 19, oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear, revere, and worship you. Goodness, which you have wrought for those that trust and take refuge in you before the sons of men. In the secret place of your presence, you hide them from the plots of men. You keep them secretly in your pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown me his marvelous loving favor when I was beset as in a besieged city. As for me, I said in my haste and alarm, I'm cut off from before your eyes. But you heard the voice of my supplication when I cried to you for aid. Oh, love the Lord, all ye his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful and plentifully plays back him who deals haughtily. Now listen to this. Be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who wait for, hope for, and expect the Lord. Waiting. Looking, watching, and expecting. So when you say, my times are in your hands, you're saying, I'm waiting on the Lord. What does he say? Be strong and let your heart take courage. All you that wait for, hope for, and expect the Lord. Hallelujah. When you commit yourself to his hand, when you commit yourself to him, you then receive his strength. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. I thank you for your hand. I thank you that our times are in your hands. And we choose to trust in you. Father, I thank you for this being a season of promotion. I thank you for a season of advancement. I thank you for a season of acceleration. I thank you that this is a season where we will see your hand work and move and move us into places of blessing that we've never seen before. Thank you, Father. I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for a new season. Hallelujah. Just just lift your hands to heaven. And just say this. My times are in your hands, Lord. I wait upon you. I look to you. I keep my eyes on you. I haven't been this way before. You're leading me into promotion. I'm growing in you. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just worship him for a moment. Just worship him for a moment. Oh, hallelujah. Let's just wait on the Lord for a moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Just worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. 
Worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worship the Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Commit yourself into his hands today. Hallelujah. Commit yourself into his hands today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, we wait upon the Lord. We wait upon the Lord for all that he has for us. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Thank you that we're going from glory to glory. We're going from glory to glory. We're moving up higher. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Lay aside every weight. Lay aside every weight. Anything and everything that may may have held you back up to this point. Hallelujah. And commit yourself into the hand of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, we worship you. We praise you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the victory. Thank you for the victory. Psalms 118 verse 14 says, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Where salvation there means victory. It says the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents and private dwellings of the righteous. Wow. The voice of rejoicing. The voice of of victory is in the tents and private dwellings of the righteous. Can I see the hands of the righteous? Woo. If you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you're righteous. Just keep your hands up. The voice of rejoicing and the voice of victory is in the tents in the private dwellings of the righteous. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for promotion. Hallelujah. Thank you that you're leading us into greater things. Hallelujah. Who's ready for promotion? Oh, thank you, Father, that you're leading us into greater things. Hallelujah. Thank you for the voice, the voice of rejoicing and the voice of salvation. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. Thank you, Father, that the voice of rejoicing and the voice of salvation, hallelujah, is filling the tents of the righteous. Hallelujah. And then it says, the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly and achieves strength. Thank you for taking us higher, Lord. Hallelujah. We sanctify ourselves today. And we determine to keep our eyes on you, to behold you. We commit our lives into your hands because we haven't been this way before. Thank you for spiritual promotion. Thank you for taking us from glory to glory. We love you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Going higher in you. We love you, we love you, we love you, Lord. 
Se tu lo gosso, cotarrava. Gele bogo, shungunde.